Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And because I've been out all day doing some stupid thing called exercise, I haven't really been in front of the computer for most of the day because I've got no idea what's going on in the world of Apple. So I'm going to go slightly left field and talk about my day reviewing a paid-for app, the upsides, the downsides, and just how some websites really don't have to care. Here we go again. I demand more. I want it, I need it, and I'm gonna have it! Here we go again. Oh man, I've got to say that. It's 10.45pm here in the UK and I'm absolutely shattered. The reason is, uh, before I finished off my review this morning, I'm sorry, after I finished off my review I should say, I did a brick session, which if you don't know what a brick session is, and I don't know why they call it a brick session. It's doing a combination of cycling and running in any order, um, one after the other. Now, that might sound fairly easy. You know, I can cycle 35 miles, not a problem at the moment. I can run about five miles, more or less. But try doing one after the other. I only did 11 miles on the cycle and then a two mile run, but um, no, my legs are broken. And it also means I haven't really been in front of the PC today, so I'm not entirely sure what's going on in the world of Apple. So instead, I'm going to discuss about what's happening with me doing paid-for reviews. As we know, there are a great many free things on the internet, like, for example, this podcast. I don't pay a single penny for. All the audio is handled either by SoundCloud or by Made With Opinion, and that's great, but I still have to run my website. I use Media Temple, their WordPress, WordPress hosting. Um, they've not been too bad. They've not been brilliant at times. Uh, quite frankly, since they got uh, took over by GoDaddy, I would really recommend you don't go for the grid service because it seems to have more downtime than uptime. Well, actually, no, that's not fair. The latency varies greatly. Sometimes you can load up your website within one to two seconds. Sometimes you've got to wait five seconds for a command to process. Um, I know that's not very technical, but when I moved over to the WordPress hosting, the latency pretty much all but disappeared. And yes, I did do some DNS tweaking. So for me, finding ways to supplement the site, keep it running, keep it up is my hobby slash small business. Yeah, I've got to carefully consider paid-for reviews. Now, some of the paid-for reviews I do aren't actually too bad. You know, the application is half-decent and it's easy to write about it. The problem comes is when, I don't know, how do you explain it? Is when they say they're a bit broken or, to put it another way, a bit crap. So cutting right to the chase, do I review paid-for apps that are slightly shoddy. Yes. You won't find another website out there that will say, hand on heart, they've turned it down. I mean, just go and take a look at, well, if you Google uh, app review price card and then the name of a famous Mac-based website, not mine, you'll see exactly how much they charge. And you now they'll charge for a basic review, a basic review plus Twitter post, a basic review plus Twitter plus Facebook, and obviously, the more exposure you get, the more you have to pay. Now, 
that's fine. As a business model, that works. But what really grinds my gears is when they don't, you know, these websites are big enough. They've pretty much got a guaranteed income, you know, coming in via the amount of impressions they get. So, you know, they're going to charge accordingly and then get a kickback on top through all of the banner advertising. Now, that's all fine and good if they've actually taken the time to review the app. But what they tend to do is just rewrite the app's specification or go to the app website and do a rewrite and not actually tell you anything about the app. And one of the worst offenders for this was TUAW, the, uh, the unofficial Apple weblog. I can name them now because they've become Engadget and most of the staff there have moved on to another website anyway. Now, in this example, I had an app sent for me for review and I didn't get it. I really didn't because, so I tried to find out what this app was for because it was, basically it implies that you can browse files on your iOS device. So, logically thinking, you can browse your pictures, your messages, your documents, anything stored on your iOS device. But then I kind of remembered, Apple stopped all that with their sandboxing. So, what is it actually for? Now, you go and look at all these other reviews, like I did, nobody mentioned what it does, how, why it does it, and how well does it do what it say it does? Now, that's three very, very basic things I try and cover in all of my reviews. And some of them just sort of, they had a spec list. Most of the other reviews, well, I'm gonna use air quotes for reviews, were less than 500 words. And you can just say, you can just look at them and they were saying to themselves, yeah, this is easy money, this. Half an hour's work, money in the bank, next one, move on. But what my problem is with this, is that it does people an injustice. You know, when you're a big website, and this might be slightly naive of me, but I do think they have a bit of a responsibility to sort of at least go in depth on the application, even if it's to press a button that says edit and tell you that there are a couple of tools in there to, let's say, edit a Word document or copy out text or play an mp3 right from within the application as really really crude examples but i understand why they don't because when company a pays company b for a review they know that they're going to get x amounts of sales from the app store but and this is where the but comes they then get a bit on the ass by reviews in the app store for the very thing that could have been avoided if it was mentioned in the review. Now, if I get an app in for review and it's got a few broken features, I will write about them, but I won't put them in an overly negative light. I'll simply raise attention to them. But I do this with one caveat. The moment I find a bug or an issue, I fire off an email to company A, who's uh, paying me for the review, and then I'll send a bug report to the developer because that's fair. I don't necessarily point out the severity of the issue and, you know, it's one of those hard editorial decisions, you know, if there's a bug, how much really does it affect the whole operation of the app? If it crashes it, then it's a no-brainer. If it's a periphery feature of the app, which is annoying, but, you know, it's one of those things nestled away under a couple of menus, then 
you know, I'll mention it because, you know, it's probably going to be a fringe case usage, but, and this is where the important thing is, I let people know, I tell them that it's in the review, they read the review before paying me, so at least I maintain, oh, for lack of the better word, some air quotes, journalistic integrity, but I feel like I've done something because it doesn't really take two seconds to say, guys, look, here is a bug, I've mentioned it in this review, hopefully you'll fix it, when you do fix it, let me know. Unfortunately, the sad fact of the matter is that not all developers will actually put the effort into fixing these things, or if they do, they don't get back to you. And I know because I keep a list on my Mac of the apps that I've reviewed, a couple of the bugs, and I have them there in the App Store looking for an update whenever one comes across. Um, it's sad, but there is an upside. When I approach the smaller, creative, more passionate startups with those little nifty, really handy apps for, let's say, look, I really like this. Can I review it? Can I have a copy, please? It might be anything from 50p to 22 pounds. Normally, they'll say, yes, please. Here, here's a review code. And when you start reporting things back to the smaller, tighter companies that you're reviewing for free, you tend to get more back out of them. And because they're so appreciative of the feedback, you kind of feel obliged, well, to hold back the review until a few of the bugs are sorted out. I could go on, and I probably will go on about this more and more tomorrow, but as I only have 25 seconds left of my 10 minutes of opinion podcasting time remaining, all that I'm going to say is you can follow me on the Twitter at Ocean Speed, my writings at essentialmark.co.uk, and if you have any feedback, please get in touch. Ta-da!